And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week. Twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. And on this week's episode, Josh Peterson and I face the franchise with Harry Potter. And of course, also everything going on with Harry Potter as far as the behind the scenes stuff if it was a good move if it was everything going on as far as detailing and outlining the franchise ip as far as the movie franchise is concerned so go ahead and check out our initial thoughts on the harry potter franchise so facing the franchise along with apple vision pro do you have four thousand dollars in your pocket to go ahead and spend on apple vision pro Plus, also, we talk about the money that they're spending in the motion picture world. So go ahead and check out our thoughts today on the Pop Culture Cosmos, wherever you get your podcast. Salute to you, Lakers and Five, Empire Jeff TV. Also, as well, want to go ahead and make sure you check out, again, Lakers and Five, Empire Jeff TV. John Costa with Lakers Talk, Lakers Corner, and Clutch Talk. That's Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. And also, of course, also John McKinley and Channel. Please go ahead and you know just like those channels, subscribe. And speaking of liking and subscribing, please subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. And don't forget, tonight at 10 p.m., cap off your evening with a nightcap. There you go. Lakers nightcap with Joe Sorrell, 10 p.m. Pacific, coming right at you there. I know it's late for you, Stone. But one of these days, Joe's mission is to get you on a Lakers nightcap at some point in time. I know it's late, but one time he's going to probably mind control you to do it. I'm just one of I'm going to do it one of these days. I got to yeah. I got to be feeling really wake up feeling really good and refreshed that morning. Yes. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, that he also go ahead and help him out. He just was doing some sin blades work. That's why we're late. I was late because of Super Bowl traffic. That's already here in Las Vegas. And he was late because he was doing some sin blade stuff. So go ahead. If you're in the Southern California, you don't want with all that rain coming down, getting weeds all over the place. Look at all ugly, all that stuff. Get the new fantastic lawn set up today with sin blades. Sin blades with a Y.com from Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Big shout out to Jamie Sweet, Admiral Akbar. He almost laid out the trap. The Lakers almost fell into it, but they didn't. So find out what he will have to say on his five things articles. And of course, Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger, you know, he's going crazy. He chewed me out over the weekend in regards to his, (laughs) one of his many crazy trade proposals, which you will see more of this week. Uh, so go ahead and check out what he's doing at Laker Tom and, of course, Lakerholics.com. But great to have you here. Stone, the legend, Stone Hansen is with me right now, hoping to get John Costa in involved as well. So hopefully he will be here, Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk, and, of course, Mr. Joe Sore himself looking, maybe even Henry. Big shout-out to Laker Nick and Henry Hill of Courtside Lakers for stopping by and keeping Stone Company while Joe and I are just – driving all over the rainy freeways all over the place here in Las Vegas and him and Temecula. So appreciate Stone Hansen holding the fort down on our playback.tv slash Lakers fast break live simulcast. So cannot thank you enough for doing so. 
It is the Lakers finishing off the Grammy trip with what everybody was talking about, Darren, uh, you know, and also as well, of course, Daniel and everybody else that was here, Adam and every, on the play on the pregame talking about, oh, it's going to be an easy victory. Lakers, after those convincing victories in New York and Boston, having all that momentum going into Charlotte to finish off the wonderful Grammy trip with a big victory in, in Charlotte. Charlotte having half their team on the injured list, not playing tonight. No LaMelo Ball, uh, no uh, Nick Richards, uh, you know, no, just, oh, excuse me, no Williams. I'm sorry. Nick Richards was playing in the game, but still. They had half their roster out tonight as well. Would have been an easy victory. I mean, for goodness sakes, look at their starting lineup. Ish Smith was their starting point guard tonight for the Lakers. Also as well, <sighs> Leaky Black was their starting power forward today. So Leaky Black, everyone. Again, Stone had to educate me on Leaky Black because I had completely forgotten about leaky black so that'll tell you where they were at coming into tonight so you thought it would be an easy victory for the lakers because they came in there with the same lineup from new york and uh, you know everybody was talking about 30 35 point victory 25 point victory should be an easy night for the lakers let's get it done so give lebron and ad some rest before they head home wouldn't that wouldn't that have been nice for the lakers to have done that because the lakers offensively for most of the game Looked pretty good. You know, a, a sore spot for the Lakers has been their offense, but again, the Lakers in transition looked very good. The game was up and down. Decided, though, not to play any defense throughout much of the game, and though it didn't bother them too much in the first half because they got up to a 20-point lead, unfortunately, Charlotte just kept at it. The Lakers took their foot off the gas pedal and late in the third quarter and early in the fourth. And I could see it dwindling the Lakers lead dwindling to 10 to eight to six and to four. And again, we've seen this problem where the Lakers just play with their food and just don't finish it off. And I warned this would happen to you guys out there. I warned in the pregame that the Lakers may not be able to keep their focus on the last game of a long road trip. Well, they didn't, but they still escaped, barely escaped with a 124 to 118 victory. They're now 27 and 25, which is good for them. You know, they're on a little bit of a hot streak. They've won three in a row. Good for them. They're one game back out of eighth place in the Western Conference. And here today to discuss is a good man indeed. He is, again, such a key part of what we're doing at playback.tv. So let's take a fast break. He's the guy who will be on with me. And I'm hoping for some more people to come on with us. Five o'clock tomorrow, five o'clock Pacific for NBA trade deadline special. It is Stone, the legend Hanson. You know, I think we should put that in there. I know Cool Bro calls you Thor Stone, but I think Stone, the legend Hanson, as mentioned in our chat, suits us better. The best Lakers chat that's out there, Lakers Fast Break. It is Stone, the legend Hanson. Great to have you here as always. Anytime that you're here, it's an added plus for us. You said, of course, during the playback.tv, which I listened to the entire thing. I was actually on the freeway while I was doing it. 
And you wonder, like, I know, why is he sending those one-word answers? Well, when you're on the freeway, all you can send <laughs> one-word answers. But uh, when, come, when it comes right down to it, my friend, the Lakers, this, you said you wanted to go ahead and have an easy game. Get LeBron some rest. You know, finish off the third quarter. Joe, Joe had mentioned it as well, as he's coming on with us right now. Finish the game off in the third quarter so you give Le- LeBron and AD the fourth quarter off. But Stone? That just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it, we won. Everyone is going to see there's a W uh, next to the column. That's ultimately what matters. Yes, I know. But, I mean, this is the worst roster all year that we've played against. It, it, it really isn't that much of a win. Like, this, this should be... Uh, your starters should not have played the fourth quarter. You should have. They, they could. You could see it. I mean, you you talked about them playing no defense. They did not try on defense until the fourth quarter. The entire game, they just did not care about defending anybody. Um, and I know a lot of people are saying they look like they were gassed. They didn't look gassed to me. They just coasted the whole game. I mean, if you're if you're not playing half the court the entire game why are you gassed in the fourth quarter so yeah, lebron really... did not play defense at all in this game let's just put that out there i'm gonna ad say right to now. me was the only one that played defense this yeah. game no, nobody tried on that end until the fourth quarter so i don't think they were gassed i think they just didn't care until they saw the the hornets started you know picking up momentum picking up steam uh they're getting three after three uh Miles Bridges and Miller were just going insane. Um, and uh, if you notice, they're picking on their guards every time down the floor. But um, I'll save that for later. Uh, but it's just, it's frustrating, Gerald, because we all want to believe in the Lakers going all the way. But the, the reality, it, it, it sucks because the reality is that they just won't. Because they're they're coasting yes but the problem is my real frustration is rooted in the fact that they think they're a lot better than they really are if you're if you are coasting this game it's because you think you could just turn it on at whatever time you want and you can immediately pull away and, and make this game easy but they can't they don't have enough talent to be able to do that this year and the fact that they think they do is frustrating because that is what's going to be our detriment in the trade deadline and for the rest of this season. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, So you would watch the Tomorrow War before the Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Stone Hansen. 
along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching, listening. Truly appreciate it. Also here today, a good man indeed. He is the mastermind behind Symblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. He also is okay, everyone. After, I don't know, John, if you ever caught it, I sent you the link, but you know, if you didn't catch Joe on his previous Lakers nightcap, you're missing out, but you know, he is alive. He is well, he is sober now. It is Joe Soro and Joe, great to have you here. I know the audience tried to kill you on the last episode, but to no avail, you're still alive. <laughs> you're still kicking. Uh, but unfortunately for the Lakers, you know, you come off, they got the win. They got four and two on the road trip, but the way they finished up tonight was about as what you expected. A team that supposedly, that Stone said, you know, they, they look like a team that ran out of the gas, but there's really no reason why, because they didn't spend any energy for the most part on the defensive end and almost wasted a triple double fantastic performance by Anthony Davis, Joe. Yes. The, I, I was able to catch Empire Jeff and our good friend, Young Africa. For those of you who don't know, know who Young Africa is, he's a regular on Empire Jeff's show. And he and I had a, a brilliant uh, back and forth. I think it lasted like almost two hours. This was a few months back. The, the, Discussion was Jordan versus LeBron, and it was just tit for tat. It was one good point after another, one good point after another. And the reason why I'm bringing this up now is Young Africa actually somewhat surprised me on his dialogue today with Jeff in that he thinks that LeBron is holding back on the reins for AD. And there is... Lack of, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? There's a lack of maybe respect from the role players towards LeBron due to the fact that he doesn't play defense very well, uh, effort-wise. He also tends to, even though he says he wants to give the team to AD, he still kind of wants to be the guy. And this goes back to what we've been talking about for the last few months is, and, and it's hard. It's one of the hardest things you can explain about LeBron James. Like you're talking about a, you're talking about a, a, a health marvel, right? You're talking about a, a, an athlete that has defied logic in terms of being able to play at the level he's playing out at and as long as he has. And his game is 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 fun to watch too, but there is an exaggeration that's that's been there for a long time in terms of his intellect and and being able to reel in and reel out. And we've discussed his decisions at the end of games that was there before he became a Laker. We just see it. Now, obviously, being Laker fans because we're watching them every game. And right now, there is a a legitimate issue with LeBron kind of doing his own thing. And I think there's a little bit of an issue with the guys around him kind of resenting it. When you look at the Celtic game, one of the first things we said after the game was, man, these guys are just like, there's some kind of flow going on here. And what would stop that? Well, 
tonight, you saw ISO LeBron in the fourth. And it ended up destroying any flow, any feeling on putting this thing to bed. I mean, we beat the... (laughs) The Lakers beat the Celtics. The, 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 the Lakers beat the Hornets by six. They beat the Celtics without LeBron and AD by nine. <laughs> you know, and I know it's one game. It's just, and then they beat the Knicks by eight. It's there's this thing that's off. And I think young Africa and Jeff brought up a very good point that LeBron, even though he says he's trying to give the team to Le- to, to AD, I don't think I, I don't think it's true. And we've been dancing around this. I've been dancing around it because, man, when you see when you saw him in the first half, he was just dunking all over the place. You're just sitting there going, God damn, man. This guy is just un- unbelievable. He's still getting his head above the rim, right? So then finally, after the show ended, and I'm eating dinner so I can get on the show, and we're waiting and all that, I started finally just figuring out, man. I'm like, in, a, in an age of bipolarness, this is the most bipolar great player that's ever existed, at least in my book. Because you knew who Magic Johnson was. You knew who LeBron, Larry Bird was. You knew Jordan. You knew Kobe. You knew Duncan. Like you, Those guys never really changed from who they were, other than improvement. Just I'm talking personality-wise. But LeBron is, he is the most brilliant basketball player you can ever see. And then the the most non-intelligent player at the same time, sometimes in the same game, sometimes in the same quarter, sometimes in the same sequence. It's, 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 an, it's weird. It's weird. And I'm just happy that some, <laughs> I'm just happy that I'm not the only one now. I feel like I can speak on it now. You know, Stone, I'm sure you probably kind of get what I'm saying here, right? I mean, I'm sure you've thought of this too. And I, 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 where do we go at this point here? Should they succumb to what we eventually think they're going to succumb to, which is they're going to, they think they can turn it on. See, LeBron still thinks he can turn it on. He still thinks he can turn it on. It sets bad habits when you think that way, especially with this kind of team that has so many deficiencies, which it's kind of sad too, because you know, I'm, I'm D'Angelo Russell. The last 13 uh, games, he's shooting 47 percent from three and the floor, averaging just under 24 points a game. Everything we've said this year, everything we've said this year that this team needed for them to win consistently, is wrong. So, at what point do we start pointing at the one guy, the number one guy? You have to. You want the glory. You got to take the blame. Even if it's not all you, it's still, you know, you take on that responsibility. So you have AD playing virtually healthy free all year. LeBron hasn't had a major injury. D'Angelo Russell is a bona fide three on this team playing like an all-star at this point, this last 13 games. And then you have Austin Reeves, who's in my book, the best, it was Torrey and Prince too for, for a minute. And then Austin Reeves is kind of taking the reins on that. Open shots at three, he's making those most of the time when when he's wide open and it's within the flow of the offense. So <clears throat> I unfortunately missed the fourth quarter, so I was able to get 
the information secondhand. I will watch it after we get off the show tonight. Uh, but this is probably the biggest concern at this point that we can point to from here on out. Instead of sitting here worrying about AD and what's his motor, uh, what what Austin is going to do on defense, what this guy's going to do on offense, it doesn't matter at this point. There is a issue, and the biggest issue is Mr. LeBron James needs to decide on either he's going to go full throttle the rest of the way and not think he's 2012 LeBron or keep doing what you're doing in the when, when those – Plays become tight in the first round of the playoffs. Are your guys going to look at you and say, let's do this? Or are they going to say, uh, sure, which won't won't produce good results? <laughs> well, let me get put it before I get it to. Uh, oh, that, was John, a good, that was a long one. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean that. No, that's okay. They love it. The more good, the good, better. Good. What I want to ask you, though, is when you see LeBron in New York with the New York, New York music, all the New York related music, he's wearing the Knicks towel over his shoulder very conveniently. He's, you know, you hear in New York, New York the whole time he has this, comes in there with attire in Knicks colors as he enters the building at the MSG the other day. I mean, that does that not irritate you he's, in the he's slightest? He's tone deaf. He's tone deaf. And this comes down to, again, I got to give my boy, uh, Young Africa, some credit here. This is a man who's been supporting LeBron James for a long time. That's why I'm mentioning him. And, and when when someone who's as smart as he is and knows basketball as much as he does, I know a lot of you all don't know him, definitely remember that name. Good, good man has his information on point. The, ner- the term narcissist, things that people have accused me of. Oh yeah, um, on the show, and 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 on, and in some cases, rightfully so. Uh, he he does two things that, and by the way, that's a, it's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> uh, he, he has I, been called a narcissist on this show and has agreed with the comment. Yes, that if you believe that, then I agree. So, yeah. th- but 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 getting down to the real meaning of what that is. Sorry, John. I'm going to finish this up, then you can continue, man. I'm sorry. He, he does two things that I despise in, in a friendship around me. He's, a, he's, he, he's got narcissistic traits, more than one. Okay? My one narcissistic, narcissistic trait when I was looking at the seven, like, questions, because I actually did this with my wife. I, said, I can honey, see him doing a checklist. For no, me. I did a checklist. I, I went to my wife. Who's going to know me better than my wife? I said, honey, I want you to be honest with me. Which one of these are, are you? She's like, look, you're not any of these six, but this one is you right here. But is that really a narcissistic trait? That one was the one that said, you don't listen to anybody. I said, okay, let's let's put that in perspective. If you're an idiot and I don't, I already know the answer. Of course, I'm not going to listen to you. But if I, if you do know what the hell you're talking about, I am going to listen to you. Right. So the other thing is passive aggressive, and that's a hundred percenter for me. I freaking hate passive aggressive people, especially when they're in the position. Of LeBron James because then you start getting hourglass shots, Knicks. I almost thought about I was gonna be a Nick. Like, what is that gonna do for you? What is that pot? What is the point of that? Saying that, other than being a passive aggressive signal sender, this is the stuff. So when LeBron James sits down and he wonders why the haters are hating, now there are the schmucks out there, and I, 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 I'm, I, everyone has it. 
Okay, they're all coming off after uh, Patrick Mahomes now, by the way, because people don't like you to win too much, right? They don't like you to be successful. But the thing with LeBron James, besides that crew, those haters, there are haters. There's another side that are validated because of the things he does. And it's cost him titles because he pissed off Kyrie, pissed off ownership of Cleveland, irritated Spolstra, irritated Pat Riley. The only reason why he hasn't really irritated anybody in L.A. is because Jeannie and Rob are pussies. Sorry, I have to use that word. They are. They're wusses. They'll they'll bow down. They might talk smack behind camera because that's the kind of people they probably are. But in front of the camera, oh, we're... We're so happy. We are we are in total support. Here, let me put a banner of Dwight Howard. Stay. Freaking embarrass the hell out of every Laker fan that ever existed. Putting a banner for Dwight Howard to stay when you've got Kareem, Magic, Kobe, Gasol, Goodrich, Wilkes, all the great Mike and all the great Laker legends. You could build an all-time team just with Laker players, and you're putting a a stay poster outside your arena for some guy who didn't give two craps about you? Come on. Let's get real, man. Let's get real. And this is going to be a very important discussion. This show right here is the seed of what eventually will likely happen. Because this is what we've been watching all year. They think they can just do what they want. They, they were so entitled, and I say they, they're still a team. LeBron's the leader, right? They, they think they could just, oh, the, the, the Hornets are just, you know, they're going to die. They're going to go quit. No, man. No. You got to stomp on people's throats. Stomp on it. Stomp. Dominate. And you know what, man? If you, if you, if you get hurt doing it, you're still going to have the respect, man. You worried about all that crap? What are you worried about? Getting hurt? Why? You got four titles. You're the all-time scoring leader. You're going, you're one of the greatest. Go after it. Go after it and be a man. Do it. Sorry, Johnny. No need to be sorry at all, Joe. I love it. I love it. And I I I'm not gonna lie, I got some um some things to say about that because um as far as the game, I mean, look, a win is a win. It was ugly, tale of two halves. I'm sure we'll get into that. I'm sure Stones talked about all the ins and outs. I'm sure Joe talked about all that. I don't know what Isabel's talking about right there, but that's something else that we can talk she to. Is the, she and Laker Tom went to the same school of optimism. <laughs> okay, well, I love it. Maybe I need to go to that school of optimism. because Purple and gold shades, my friend. That's all they see through right now. They got them on, Gerald. It's like, they... Instead of spending the $4,000 on Apple Vision Pro that you can do this week, you can go ahead and just buy you know some gold and purple sunglasses. And there you go. They got there them on. Go. They there got go. them on, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But... I only see championships for the Los Angeles Lakers. Absolutely. It's great. But me, see, I mean, I'm I'm definitely not I'm definitely not all in on that boat. Um, in the game, you know, we could talk about you know, tail two halves or whatnot. Brandon Miller took over in the fourth quarter. The Lakers once again in that fourth quarter stuck to what is not their strong suit. We know we're not a three-point shooting team, so please explain to me why we're trying to jack up more than 10 three-pointers in the fourth quarter. It just uh, doesn't make sense. But now 
real quick um that's like funny he said lakers corner looks like max christie i've never got max christie that's crazy but um what i do want to what i do want to throw out there i bet you like his paycheck i mean hey i would love max christie's paycheck if we can do like a little swap i'll go over there and sit on the bench for a couple games the lakers can can put you you know put a cap hold of like two and a half million dollars to you know secure your rights in the offseason no i'll take it i'll take it lakers could have lakers could have whatever but joe listen joe i mean everything you know a lot of things that you said there were like so on point but i just think that like it it hasn't been this year that lebron's done this whole turn on turn off thing i mean throughout his career that's what that's what he did he did that when he was in cleveland did that when he was in miami he's constantly just kind of cr- more cruise through the playoffs. And then as soon as, you know, re- uh, as soon as, pl- uh, I mean, sorry, cruise through the regular season. And then as soon as playoffs comes around, he starts turning it up, starts taking it to another level. Why? Because 99% of the time, LeBron James is by far the best player on the court, most athletic player on the court. And when he was young, it was just, it, it was easy. He could just turn it on, turn it off. So he's been doing that throughout his, throughout his whole career. So I think that it's kind of hard for us to criticize I mean, I'm not going to say it's kind of hard. I would say it's kind of unfair for us to criticize the fact that, you know, LeBron, he's he's constantly been doing this. So he's used to the whole, oh, I'm going to cruise more through the regular season. And then when playoffs comes around, I'm going to start tightening up. And it's it's worked. Like how you said, the man has four championships. Now, I don't know if some people are going to be like, oh, he, um, you know, he, he went to the finals 10 times or whatnot. Okay. Totally understand that, but he faced Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, and arguably one of the greatest teams, one of the greatest teams of all time. Um, so that that's what I'll say to that. But my point to the fact of like how he always just turns it on and turns it off, he's he's used to it, Joe. He's done this his whole career. So why would he stop doing it now? And then well, go ahead, talk to me. You're on mute. You're on mute, Joe. I got you. Go ahead. Sorry, he's not 32-year-old LeBron anymore. That's why. And that's why this True, team is look, built around but, a 29-year-old LeBron James. If this I was agree. LeBron, but let me yeah. say this. Yeah, go ahead. Let, let me say this real quick. I do, I do, I do agree he's not 32-year-old LeBron James, but there's no way that as an athlete, you're just gonna just concede the L and be like, you know what? I'm just not the same anymore. Like you, you, you gotta, you gotta keep it pushing. Like you gotta keep it pushing. He has to do what's worked. And and that has worked, whether people, we you know, hate on it or not, that has worked. So he's going to keep doing what's worked in the past. Now we're seeing that it's not, it's not working. So now is when I do think that, you know, some changes should come, but I mean, I just think that Joe, like he's 39 dog. Like, you know how old it is? You, you, we cannot ask him to play every single possession hard on defense. We cannot – like, he has to cherry pick because if he doesn't cherry pick, I guarantee we won't even have half of LeBron James come a play-in situation because I don't even think we're going to compete for a title. Like, I'm not saying – I'm not saying let's get into that boat of, like, all right, rest LeBron James because come playoffs, I think we're real title contenders because I've said this a lot of times on this show. We're not title contenders at all. But what I will say is that we can at least, you know, be um, a dangerous playing team. But for us to be a dangerous playing team, you know what we need? We need a healthy LeBron James come play on, come play in time, and we need LeBron James on the ball. But if LeBron James is exerting all his energy out there every single night on 82-game season trying to, you know, play the hardest defense against the Hornets playing um, against against games that kind of, you know, don't, don't really matter as much. Um, we won't be able to have a healthy LeBron James on ball come playoffs. So 
that's my that's my I guess like response to that because I mean he's 39, he's gonna have to pick and choose. And now the players on the team, they need to understand that LeBron James is like and and I don't know how to say this word, but I think it's and and Manali or something like that. It's he's a one of one. Like he's a one. Thank you very much, Joe. He's a one of one. Okay, so nobody can be like, oh, okay, he's doing that. He's cruising, and then he turns it up. So I'm gonna cruise. I'm gonna turn it up. You can't do that because you're not LeBron James. You don't have what he has. So I think that that falls more on the players because I don't even think that players should be following LeBron James and his example that he's setting right now. Because again, he's 39 years old. He has to operate on a whole different level than anybody else on this Lakers team is. So. That's what I'll say to that, Joe. I don't know if you have a something. To, you know. Well, again, you, you you make valid points, and that actually fits fits LeBron one. The problem is there's a LeBron two, and those two go back and forth sometimes in the same game. You mm-hmm. saw it tonight. You saw LeBron two in the fourth completely stagnate the team to the point where you bring in AD after they've been sitting, right? That's what I was told. Again, I missed the fourth quarter, but that's what I was told. And then at that point, his his momentum, his rhythm was off. And it, this is a discussion we can go on. This is better. A, this is a better discussion at the end of the year because we can really dissect this for like two hours. But at the same time, if we have to put a little footnote on it, is there's a reason why there is animosity towards LeBron in, in basketball, and it usually tails into this, his decision-making during games that are head-scratchers, considering this is supposed to be an IQ of 180 on the basketball court. It doesn't show itself sometimes, and that shouldn't happen for a guy that talented. And tonight was, again, it was a good example of, under, of trying to explain, because this is going to be important later, when the Lakers need to make a decision on what they want to do, you all know already. I already said this. He ain't turning down fifty-one million dollars. I have to see that. There's no effing way I believe that. It's not turning. He's not turning it down unless he's getting an extension. If it's not an extension with the Lakers, that means somebody else has to come and sign him for more money or at least that same amount for a year. Who? I have no freaking clue. Who's going to give a forty-year-old LeBron James? New York, New York. I don't even think New York would do it because they're okay, already. He seemed, he seemed pretty, uh, you know, New Yorkish the other and, day. And uh, about like... LeBron's passive aggressiveness, guys, I'm not gonna lie. I am the biggest like LeBron. I'm not saying I'm the biggest LeBron fan because Kobe Bryant is what got me into basketball. But I do believe that LeBron James, um, you know, is is the greatest player of all time. But again, that's a whole another debate that we that, that we can get into. But what I will say is that my thing that annoys me most about LeBron James is like. Hit those little passive aggressive stuff that he says, those little signals that he throws out, like the whole New York stuff. But also, like, remember when we won a championship and he's like, Well, Rob and Jeannie want their respect, and I want my damn respect too, and all that stuff. And and when he's reading those little books and he's never ever reading the book, he never gets past page like 10, but he's always like, Yeah, I'm reading all these books, and he's trying to act like he's just this genius. Or when another thing that he does that's super annoying is how LeBron underplays his all-time scoring record he's like yeah you know i've just i've just been trying to be a passer and it's like okay lebron i get it you are you are a good passer but you can't tell me that you're the number one scorer of all time and you just you've been trying to pass like you've been trying to get to the bucket you've been trying to score no so one who averages 27 points a game is a 
is a passer. Come on, man. I don't <laughs> care if you have 10 assists a game your whole career. <laughs> you're still a damn scorer at 27 a game. Well, let's get yeah. uh, let's get Stone back into this. Once again, the Lakers do win 124 to 118. The Lakers are now 27 to 25, still ninth place in the Western Conference. Uh, let me ask you this, Stone. When it comes right down to it, though, it's these type of games that do concern you and me and the rest of the guys here uh, in regards to what we see. And I just don't know. Again, we'll be discussing this in quite a bit more detail tomorrow on our NBA trade deadline preview. Uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. So hopefully you'll join us then. But uh, it's games like these which just give me pause for anyone out there saying that there's going to be a quick fix that will help the Lakers get to another title this year. Yeah. um, I mean, uh, I'll dive a little bit into it. The Lakers, the uh, John was talking about how they, you know, are trying to uh, jack up a bunch of threes and it's not working for us, but we're still doing it anyways. And it's true. And it's because the Hornets were making, were shooting threes and they were making theirs. And the Lakers, <clears throat> the Lakers are followers of tempo. They're not setters of tempo. So when another team tries to do something, the Lakers want to try and do it better. And I'll give Lakers, you an example of that. Let me just give you an example of that. The Lakers 8 of 34 from three-point line. They were 50 of 89 overall. So virtually all of their misses stone were from the three-point line. Yeah, and we we want to play the same way the team that we're the opponent is playing. And most often that means you're I mean, it does almost all the time mean you're not a title contender because you can't set the tempo of the games you're playing. Winners set tempos. That's that's like a, a through line through all of basketball is if you're the team that can control how the game goes, you're generally the team that's going to win. That's a massive advantage to have if you're playing the game the way you want to play it. But if you let another team dictate that, then you're in trouble. The other thing is, I mean, this is this is exactly why I didn't care about the Knicks or Celtic wind, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> people, I know, thought maybe that's the turning point. It's not. The Lakers won two fluky games because the, it was a fluke. It was just that, but it means nothing in the grand scheme of things. It felt good. It felt good to beat the Celtics with no LeBron and AD. It doesn't feel good to almost lose with LeBron and AD to the worst team in the NBA. Um, and this is why I have so little faith in the playoffs, because if you cannot turn it on in the regular season against a t- the worst team with, half their roster missing why would i expect you to do it in the playoffs if, if you can't do it in a, the middle of the regular season against a team that's so depleted of talent um and you have you have all your guys i mean for the most part you have lebron and ad the ones that that really matter uh and you you are coasting the whole game you let it get close and then that you saw it in the fourth quarter, they tried to pull away. They tried to put more effort defensively in, and it didn't matter against one of the worst teams in the league. Like it's not that we still won, but it's not because of that. It's because we had a big enough cushion, even though we let it dwindle a lot, we had a big enough cushion to stay afloat, but we couldn't pull away anymore. Once we even turned it on. So if you can't do that, why would I think you could do it in the playoffs? And that's where I'm at. And it's frustrating. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. 
Um, I, I know a lot of people are asking trade stuff in the chat. A lot of it I think we'll address tomorrow, uh, probably at the show, if you guys want to t- yeah. uh, check in there. Uh, I will say I saw the, the D'Lo quote. I think Gerald put it in the chat too. That, uh, oh, let me pull Thank it up. Thank you, Nick, quick, by so the I way. Have it. Laker Nick so, dropped that for us. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Um, common Laker Nick W. But uh, D- uh, D'Angelo said, uh, I can't control that my contract makes sense to be traded, so just play. Uh, and that right there tells me D'Lo knows he's gone. Uh, D'Lo's being traded. I think he knew it signing that contract. I think the Lakers knew it signing that contract. It always felt like that to me. So I am putting the prediction in right now uh, that D'Angelo Russell just played his last game as a Laker. Uh, and I, I don't think we'll see him again. Um, he's, he's gone. But uh, <laughs> Joe's excited about that. I'll say this too. Um, and this is people are probably going to get mad at this. Uh, and you know, at the, at the least it's going to give you some views, Gerald, hopefully. But, um, I think there's more than a 1% chance that LeBron's whisper of all that New York stuff is LeBron wanting out of LA. I think there's a more than 1% chance. I'm not saying it's, you know, 20%, 25%. It's, you know, going that way, but, it's not zero and zero percent not being zero percent is something that should prick your ears up a little bit uh, because I know Joe said he's never requested a trade before. He, LeBron's never been 39 before. Uh, LeBron's never been at the tail end of his career before. LeBron, LeBron's, you know, for all, all, all the stuff we just ragged on him for pretending to read books and stuff, he's not stupid. Um, he, he does have, you know, some self-awareness and I think, he knows that this Laker team cannot get it together. LeBron, LeBron, with all these little passive-aggressive moves, is is making it clear that he knows the Lakers can't win right, as constructed right now. LeBron's doing one of two things, putting pressure on the Lakers to make this team better uh, because he wants he wants to contend. I mean, that he's chasing legacy. Or... If the he's giving the Lakers an ultimatum, in my opinion, with this, and if the Lakers can't get it done, I think LeBron this time is serious about following through. Every time we've heard whispers of oh, LeBron's maybe going to join this team, every time it's always like the faintest of whispers. It happened with Miami, more so with the return to Cleveland and the Lakers. It's like the faintest in the back of your head whispers that you know maybe this is a possibility, but definitely probably not going to happen until the week of it happening. And once the week it happened is when all the talk ramps up and picks up super fast and in slight speed. And then before you know it, three days later, LeBron's on the team that all the faint little whispers are on. I'm not saying that's the case here, so don't go overboard with it, but I'm saying, I think that there's a greater than 1% chance that that scenario exists. Uh, And I don't think that, that's something that was on the table last season. Once um, again, it, go ahead. Absolutely. Um, no, I was just, I was just going to add real quick. Like, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron is gone because I, I'll be real. When, when LeBron came to the Lakers, like I was super excited, you know, and whatnot, but I also kind of knew the game plan. I, I knew the game plan, which was I, what he wanted to do was come to the Lakers 
be able to win a championship like how he did and be able to ride off into the sunset and have everything that he has going on off the court. We all know the Lakers at Los Angeles is a great place to make a lot of great money off the court. His son, his son, at the, I mean, his youngest son goes to Sierra Canyon, but at the time when he signed with the Lakers, Bronny, the one that's at USC right now, he was at Sierra Canyon. So LeBron James, like I, he came to the Lakers and I feel like accomplished what he set out to accomplish. I think the next thing that he's going to, he's going to accomplish because LeBron James is a very, um, if he says it, he's going to do it. I think I'm not going to, not for everything, but for a lot of times LeBron James says he's going to do some, he'll try to go through and do it. And he has said so many times, like, Oh, I want to play with Bronny. I want to play with Bronny. I want to play with Bronny. So again, I don't watch much college basketball. I'm a strictly NBA guy. I have no idea if Bronny's going to come to the league to, you know, this year next year he's not ready but he still may come to the league yeah right so i think that lebron james is going to end up forcing is he's going to end up forcing his way out because i think that if he doesn't have the ideal situation then stone you 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 hit the nail on the head when you talked about at first lebron james was given was trying to give the lakers like um signs through media remember when lebron james was like i think it was like last year or early this year he was just like pissed and like oh we suck and all this is going on and we're just not good enough and and we all, said all these- recently that we can beat anyone and lose to anyone at this point of time exactly so and 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 also stone you said it you said it best you said lebron james is not stupid he knows if he says something to the media Yes, we are going to be talking about it next morning. He knows that Jeannie's eventually going to hear it, whether it's through her little Twitter feed or whether she somebody tells her, like, yo, LeBron's not happy. So then at the end of the day, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he left. Um, the only thing that it makes me upset as a Lakers fan is like, man, whenever you offload like super, like super superstars, like, you know, the offloading of Kobe, like we sucked for those last couple of years and even after. Now the offloading of LeBron, like, how's that going to go? And as much as Anthony Davis has been staying healthy this season, God, please do not leave us with Anthony Davis alone. God, please don't don't do that to us. Don't leave us. Anthony Davis is a certified one B. He cannot be a one A. Just 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 can't do it. And if you disagree with me, let me know. But I don't think he's a one A. I think he's has to have someone someone there with him. So I'm just I'm concerned with this Lakers team because I hope we don't go back into the. Ryan Kelly, Robert Sacre years where we had players laying down on the bench at the end of Kobe Bryant's uh, retirement. Cause this is what it's looking like right now, guys. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is the Lakers fast breaks, Gerald Glassford, Stone Hanson, Joe Soro, and John Costa from Clutch Talk and Lakers Corner. Coming right back at you here. The Lakers do win 124 to 118. They're 27 to 25, still ninth place in the Western Conference. Joe. He did mention, John, just now about Anthony Davis, who did have a triple-double tonight. Uh, Excellent all-around performance from him once again. uh, I know that gets lost in all the LeBron passive-aggressiveness, the hourglasses, and the New York, New York, and all that other stuff that he's doing. And then also the constant rumors, which I want to discuss with you, John, here in a second, regarding your favorite player on the Lakers, D'Angelo Russell. So I ask you, Joe, when you see AD performing like this, although with his history of injuries, what are your thoughts on giving him the mantle at, you know, hopefully LeBron or one way or another, allowing AD to lead this team going forward? Well, you just gave him an extension this summer, right? Mm-hmm. Or 
Lakers did. So yeah. he quickly signed it and quickly yes. agreed to uh, it. I think that at this point we, we we need to we need to start letting him be what he's supposed to be, and that's the part that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable uh, in case LeBron wants to go somewhere else this summer. Uh, I another thing that. Empire Jeff mentioned uh, today when I was listening to his show, he, 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 I didn't notice this, but uh, if you look at Anthony Davis before the games, he gives Darvin Ham a big hug, like bro, bro hug, double bro hug. And then LeBron obviously doesn't do that kind of stuff, right? Uh, so if I, I, maybe, maybe we don't, assume that he asks to be traded if LeBron leaves. And should he should he do that? I mean, you're talking about a guy that's been here what? 4 years plus already gotten two extensions, would he really want to do that to a team that's probably going to do everything they can to replenish this and try to win? I mean, where is he going to go at that point? Is he going to go to Oklahoma City? Is that something that could be in the works? That that was what I was thinking because I would like to get draft capital as much as we could, and we could do that and maybe even get a player from it. And that would help Oklahoma City go from uh, future perennials to bona fide favorites to win the title. It's it's it, This discussion, I believe, is three months too, too early. This is something we're going to need to talk about more when the season is over. It's going to make more sense. But if LeBron keeps doing what he's doing, you know, I just, I don't, I don't see Rob and Jeannie thinking like us. They are freaking this. They're incapable of having any balls. I I just want to chime in real quick. I think, what Joe's saying is correct. They don't think like us. And I think that's important to remember heading into the trade deadline. I think they still view us as title contenders. That's an important distinction to make because what we're going to talk about probably tomorrow mostly in, in regard to the trade deadline, um, I'm going to try and make sure I distinguish what I think and what I think the Lakers are thinking and their train of thought because I think they still view us as championship contenders whether we agree with that or not. The second thing is I agree with Joe. It's probably more of a conversation for this summer. I would say that, well, it's a 98%, 99%. It won't happen. So very, very strong. Uh, there's a greater than 0% chance that LeBron is traded at the deadline. It's almost impossible, but not to the point where I want to say it's impossible. And I don't think I've really, I don't, I, I, I didn't think that way last year. Um, and it's just, I think all the, the little signs, all the little things he's pointed at, all the little whispers, there's more truth to it than I think it has been in a long time, but it's still extremely unlikely. So I just want to say that it's extremely unlikely, but I wouldn't be completely shocked. Like, knocked out of my chair if we saw a LeBron trade. I just want to put it out there. If it happens, you heard it here first. Uh, if it doesn't happen, which it probably won't. But uh, he's got to ask for it. They're I'm not going to do it I'm on hedging my bets. 
third base. Yeah, th- this is correct, Gerald. This is he's got to ask for it. This is correct, and I think that's why I'm. That's why a lot of these little whispers and signs are more valid because LeBron's the one putting it out there, not the Lakers. Um, the Lakers would never trade LeBron on their own volition. That's too LeBron- much of a PR hit for them. Exactly, LeBron. The only reason I'm saying it's greater than one percent is LeBron is the one that's initiating all of these things. Um, and like Gerald's make like Gerald's point is, uh, it wouldn't happen if LeBron didn't want it to happen. So again, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It very likely will not, but it's not to the point where I think it's impossible. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Stone Hansen, John Costa from Lakers Corner, Clutch Talk, and Joe Sorrell from Simblades, and of course, Lakers Nightcap, which is coming up for you tonight at 10 p.m. Pacific. So please join us for that. Joe will have even more thoughts then. But John, let me bring it to you because I've been wanting to ask you this question now for uh, all the show. Uh, Laker Nick, and a big shout out to him and Henry Hill for being a great part of Stone Hansen and everyone out there for our playback.tv slash Hickers Fast Break simulcast. I truly appreciate it if you joined us for that. But Laker Nick pointed out that uh, could we be seeing the final game for D'Angelo Russell and also as well, or and or Austin Reeves? Because D'Angelo Russell made those comments after the game in regards to uh, when he was asked about it as far as this being his last game. He said, I can't control that my contract makes sense to be traded. So just play. And so when he was asked about waiving his implied no trade clause this summer, he said, I just thought it made sense. I know what the requirements are to be successful. Here are. So your thoughts, my friend, could this be very well the last game of D'Angelo's career in Los Angeles? I mean, with a statement like that, (laughs) there's a good chance that it is. But what I will say is like, Oh, and I've got some quotes for Joe on, uh, from LeBron just now too. So I, I got, I got him somehow. Too. Go ahead, go ahead, John. <laughs> what I will say is, yeah, like I said, I, I probably is in the horizons uh, with a quote like that. You know, he knows, he knows what's going on in the background. They probably already starting to brief him, getting, getting him ready for this. But what I will say is like, okay, D'Lo's gone. Who, who are we bringing in that's bringing us where we want to go? Like. I don't understand why people are just so dead set on making this trade at this point. Guys, we're not a championship contender unless Luca comes join this team. This team is not going to be a championship contender. Bring Dorian Finney-Smith. Bring DeJounte Murray. Bring Malcolm Brogdon. Bring whoever you want. This team is not going to be a championship contender. Will, will, will we get better with DeJounte Murray? Of course we will, because now we have someone who can play make at the level of D'Angelo Russell, score at the level of D'Angelo Russell, and not be an absolute cone on the other end. Malcolm Brogdon, same exact thing. Dorian Finney-Smith adding a 3 and D wing. Love it. But guys, we're not going to be able to compete. Gerald, you talked about how if we make this, tra- if we make a trade, what um you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but you said we're going to like lose out on a whole bunch of money that we could have got back, correct? That's up to the Lakers. If they go into the, the repeater tax again, again, they're getting a bigger hit, bigger hit, because they're constantly in the tax. They have a chance to avoid the repeater tax. They have a chance to also, the, the buses get money. But that, again, it's not my money, so I'm not worried about it. But, you know, that's something that there, if you and I are working for the Lakers in El Segundo right now, 
That's something we have to contemplate because that's their bottom line. That is their bottom line. So if you spend that extra money and put them into the tax and also cost yourself some assets, whatever little assets you have for some short-term gains, you know, as Empire Jeff has said, and I've said, you've got to worry about your long-term success because you, you, you can't pay Peter to, you know, with whatever you took from Paul, you just, it doesn't work like that. You can't expect on both ends to be that successful. So if you sell your soul now, if you sell out now, John, and if you sell out and you give, get rid of that first round draft pick and you go ahead and you go and get a rotation player like DeJounte Murray or a Grant or a Dorian Finney-Smith or a Bruce Brown, all nice names, all contributing players to winning teams in the past, but they are not moving the needle far enough to get you where you want to go. You have only one first round draft pick. You have only you know, three tradable contracts that's out there. Don't give me Gabe Vincent because nobody wants Gabe Vincent. Would you want a broken down, bad knee player in the first year of his contract of a three-year contract right now? Seriously. Unless you're attaching something pretty sweet alongside of it. Seriously. Yeah, just seriously. Yeah, exactly. Right. So and 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 that's and that's where so I'm you're at with it. all that up, John, in this week. You're giving up all whatever little assets you have. You know, and I know LeBron doesn't care about 29 or 30 or whatnot, but Rob Palenka we should. Do. We do. Rob we do. Palenka should if you're working in the Lakers and you want to see yourself work, stay at the Lakers, because if you don't win, your future will be thrashed as well. Yeah. Uh, you just, you hit it on the, on the, on the, on the head, Gerald. I said the nail on the head, Gerald. Look. Why are we going to sell our soul like for getting incrementally better when we're not going to compete? Um, I'm over here looking in the chat. Young, uh, young Africa. She um, they said, we're not we're not a Luca away from being a contender. We're not, we're not a DeJounte Murray away from we're not a, exactly like we're not a DeJounte Murray. We're not going to get Luca like Luca is. That that was me just throwing out a player out there. That That's would just Luca goes to Mark and says, says I don't I'm only be going to the Lakers. Yeah. Exactly right. That's that. That's the only way it happens. If I'm, if I'm only going Isabel, to Isabel, I'm sorry. Murray and Brown does not make us real. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. And look, guys, like I literally Laker glasses, Laker Tom glasses. On 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 my Lakers on my Lakers corner page. It's on, on my, the the YouTube page. If you guys if you guys want to check it out, check it out. I dropped a video talking about three players that could absolutely make a difference, and and, and Dejounte Murray, Dorian Finney Smith, and Malcolm Brogdon. But I'm and I give film breakdown talking about how it happens and all that. But I'm here telling you guys right now that even if we were to bring these guys in, this team isn't going to be a championship contender for a couple of reasons. For the fact that if we are going to expect the team to do that magical run that we did last year, where we did it, we do some trades from the trade deadline and then from the trade deadline onto the playoffs with the best team in the league, just not going to happen guys. Have you seen the inconsistency of this team so far this year? And Oh yeah. Do we forget who the head coach is? I, I feel like sometimes when Darvin Ham has a bad game, we spend most of the of, of the post game ripping Darvin Ham. But and then we know when we get a win, sometimes he's able to slide his way under the radar, and you know nobody says anything because we're talking about uh, all these other all these other problems that we had going on, or we're talking about how great the the game was. But guys, 
at the end of the day, if we bring in DeJounte Murray, who does exactly what we need, who if we bring in Dorian Finney-Smith, who does exactly what we need, we're not a championship contender. We're going to need to bring a whole bunch of those guys in. We're going to need to do a lot more. We're going to need to get rid of this head coach. And we're going to need to just start fresh. And I mean, not, not, not completely start over, start fresh. But I'm saying, like, let's get into the next season. Because this season is a wash, guys. We're not competing. Have you seen the the Boston Celtics play this year? Have you seen the uh, Philadelphia 76ers? Have you seen the Denver Nuggets? Have you seen these teams? We're not competing. You realize to get to a championship, we're going to have to get through these through these teams. And even if you bring in those players that I just listed, we're not going to get there. So I will wrap, I'll wrap up by saying I'm not trying to sell my soul to become three seeds better and still not get where I'm trying to get. And where I'm trying to get is hanging up number 18. I'm not trying to be incremental, small, better. I'm not. I'm trying to hang up number 18. And like I said, unless we bring in Luca, or unless we all of a sudden can revamp this roster, get some backup bigs, get get some div, div, 3D defenders, get some point guards who can play make but also not be a cone on the other end. Huh, brother, yeah, then we're there. But that's not going to happen from today until Thursday. So let's just wind down this season, focus on what we can do in the future, and not sell our soul to be incrementally better. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 124 to 118. Joe, I want to go ahead and uh, share this with you again. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I just found out from YouTube. We've gone over 250,000 views lifetime on this channel. So that's very much appreciated. And all because of you right here at the Lakers fast break. Joe, I wanted to go ahead and ask you real quick your thoughts on <laughs> LeBron James, a guy that is so much of a part of a topic here on this trip. So Jovan Buha asked about uh, the trade deadline with LeBron James after the game tonight and uh, asked a couple questions. And here is LeBron's answers to those questions. Uh, you guys went four and two on this trip. Do you feel like a team or you've proven on... Sh- you guys went four and two on this trip. Do you feel like as a team you've proven or shown why you guys should continue to invest in this group? And his response was, this is who we have. So there's nothing else. This is who we have. So there's nothing else. AKA I am not happy. Yes. So your thoughts, Joe, on this. Do I want to derail the show right now? You can always derail it, my friend. Um, no, they, I'm, gonna they wait, love I'm gonna wait till nightcap. I'm gonna I'm gonna unleash on nightcap on that oh, one. Oh no no no! Do no. it now. Don't have to sleep. Don't have to get some breath. You really want me to drop this now? Come on. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll, I'll listen gonna, in the morning. Worst case, if you all want. All right. To do first, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with 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 what's happened recently. Number one, AD. Remember when we were talking about AD not doing much in the post? 
in terms of passing and doing that stuff. You know, like that seemed to be his weakness, which was puzzling because he used to be a point guard. Well, guess what? AD is top two uh, in, in terms of most efficient, most points in the paint in terms of creation. Tonight, he is one of two Lakers that had a triple-double with three blocks. The other one was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So, Mr. James, the ire of our existence, you keep telling everyone, you said this since 2019 when, when an AD came, I'm going to, this is AD's team, which, again, this unfortunate phrase how the hell am I going to say this without cursing? Go ahead, curse. I'll beep it. I'm not cursing. No, no. Okay. The beep. the a-holes who started this really was Shaq and Kobe. Mainly Shaq. And it's never left. It's ruined basketball in a lot of ways because everything is always about, well, whose team is it? Well, whose team is it? Well, whose team is it? Who gives a damn whose team it is? Win the mother effing title. Okay. Win the title. What? Scottie Pippen is below Jordan? Because, sure, in talent, sure, in accomplishments, but he's still part of the Bulls. He won six championships with the Bulls. He's not Bill Cartwright. This guy's top 75 player of all time. We shouldn't be sitting there and calling this guy, oh, he's the second. He's the best second guy. Because all the other idiot moron media player created that too. They fed off it. And we've heard, oh, well, Kobe had Shaq the first three times. That's why. Okay. All right. So what 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 dynasty team won without another guy? I'll let you guys look into that. I'm not going to go into that. But right now, in terms of LeBron James, if I was sitting with LeBron James and I was asking him questions, I think the first question I would ask him is, don't you get tired of being full of And I'm wondering what the answer is. I would really, really wonder. Because no one, no one has probably asked him that question. All people do is talk behind the little freaking computers like the cowards that they are. The media people were asking him questions about his hourglass thing. And they were, it, they were so scared asking him the question. They didn't even know how to ask it. Because they don't want to lose their media privileges, right? That's why they hired Allie Clifton, as much as I like her. They hired Allie Clifton when LeBron came because they knew she'd kiss his ass no matter what happened. So now, all this stuff is fabrication. All this stuff is con to, to control the narrative. Why do you care about all this stuff? Why? You're a basketball player. You're not a politician. You're not a real estate agent. Your talking is done on the court. Why are you worried about image and all this? Your image is on the court. You do well on the court. You're good. So I'm going to use a Michael Jordan example because this is the discussion, right? When Michael Jordan was asked, man, you're getting, you know, Nike after you. you got Gatorade. you got McDonald's. you got this. They're, they're telling him this, right? He's like, look, man, if I was averaging two points a game, they wouldn't give two squirts about me. He kept it real. He kept it smart. Because he's dropping 35 a night, of course they want him. He let his game talk. The game 
as great of a media machine as Jordan was, Jordan would never become a media darling, David Stern darling, none of these things without that son of a gun putting that ball in the hoop. And not only did he do it, he did it in dramatic fashion. That part had a little bit of luck to it, too. You know, that stuff you can't really control. But it just so happened that he lucked into a lot of games where when you're watching the ratings, especially in the 90s where you didn't have streaming, you didn't have people doing illegal stuff as much as they do now, man, people were watching. And when that sucker went to the fourth quarter in the last five minutes, he always came through. And that's how we learned about why and what is great in basketball. Who comes through when it matters? So then fast forward, you get a pipsqueak taint face like Colin Cowherd, who puts up a bunch of stats about, well, LeBron statistics say he's more clutch than Kobe, and that means he's better. Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you another quote. Bill Belichick, best greatest football player of all uh, football coach of all time. Uh, I've said this before. Stats are for losers. Okay, who was deathly afraid? You put you put put both LeBron and 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 Kobe. Let's say what who who was pissing in their pants when one of those guys has to make the last shot? Are they worried about LeBron or are they worried about Kobe? I saw Kobe get triple teamed. I don't know how many times for the last shot. And guess what happened? Ron Artest put back. Paul Gasol put back. Fisher, wide open to the corner. Ori, wide open in Philly. Game three, Shaq fouled out. 2001, in. If they don't fear you, are you really the greatest? Can you be the greatest? Who really fears LeBron James? Media people, right, when they're asking questions. LeBron has won championships because of his immense talent. He has a physique that only gods have had in the past. And he has put in the work. But I have never, in the 21 years I've watched him play, before he came, became a Laker, when they were playing LeBron, I never feared LeBron James. I feared Michael Jordan. I feared Allen Iverson. Like, I was worried about that guy jacking stuff up, and he did. He won game one in 2001. Lakers would have went 15-0 if it wasn't for that son of a gun playing out of his mind. So, to me, if if there's no fear. Now, there, there's other people that have said, well, Joe, people feared Reggie Miller. But he's not in any anywhere near those guys. I said, okay, there's exceptions. People feared Robert Ory, too. He's a role player. I'm talking about the great players. And the reason why is, and, and it's not really LeBron's fault. It's just who he is. It's just who he is. Maybe if he was born in the 60s, he would have been born in that era and would have been what Len Bias would have became. I don't know. Again, I don't know what, we can't, we can't discuss that. We don't, we'll never know. But as far as LeBron James's I, what, what else can you call but immaturity? This this constant signals of things, and we're all supposed to be all like deciphering what he's doing. Do you really think he's that cagey? Because my instincts tell me no. Just because you're showing adolescence doesn't make you cagey. 
And that's what this is. It's an attention thing. And maybe it's indirect. Maybe he doesn't even know he's doing it. There's people out there that make these kind of decisions and totally not really getting it. Where's he going to go? What's he going to do now at 39? Is he going to go to Miami now? Is he going to go to New York? What's he going to do there? Why would New York get LeBron James? They're finally getting out of this rut that they've been in for six decades. Now what? You're going to bring in LeBron? Totally screw it up? I wouldn't do it if I'm New York. New York has a history of not being the smartest. True, true. What's Tom? What's 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 Tom Thibodeau going to do with LeBron James? You think LeBron? He's going to put up with LeBron James? Tom Thibodeau don't give a damn who it is. Tom Thibodeau's a beast. You piss him off, he's going to tell you. Is that going to hurt LeBron's feelings? So now, I didn't go off as much as I wanted to because again, I'm trying to make a point here. That's uh, saving Dar- for tonight. Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham needs to start coaching to the strength of this team. I just told you a statistic that was very, very important. When you get the ball deep in the damn paint, like I've been saying to do with AD for how long, and they're finally doing it, look what happened. Now you got to move. Now you got to go to the basket. Now you got to do stuff. Did you notice that LeBron was getting like dunks left and right in the first half? So I'm going to... Bring this back again, my boys, Empire Jeff and Young Africa. You remember the first half, folks. I'm talking to you all, too. First half, they were rolling, right? They were making the right plays. LeBron was getting dunks. Now I'm going to throw this as a as a cherry for everyone. Did that bother LeBron? All of a sudden, he's going into ISO in the fourth quarter. Am I looking into this too much? Why would he do that? Oh, well, AD was sitting. You know, he's sitting in the fourth quarter. So what? Run it. Run it through someone else. You go to the post. You make the pass. LeBron won us a championship at, at the uh, deep into the post and that doing that dirt turnaround, or I should say the, the Kobe turnaround. He was killing that for a couple of years. Why not do that? What is it? Why? Where's the IQ? Where's the basketball IQ? What is it? I'm not saying that's what happened. But you're certainly we're starting to question it. If EJ in Young Africa and us, we're not we're not dumb. We're noticing it. We're we're, we're bringing it up because we noticed it. Why? Why is this, this? Why are these decisions being made by a 21 year vet who knows basketball, who's a basketball savant? Why? The only time someone does stupid things when they're smart is when they get emotional, and we know LeBron likes to get emotional. This is oh. this is a uncomfortable discussion because what are we doing? This guy saved the Lakers when he came here, but at the same time, what does LeBron do before he leaves every team? Ruins it. There's a you know that stupid thing that they do when, in, the, in the movies. The guy lights a match, and then you just see him walking with the fire in the background. Stuff exploding. Oh. Is he lighting the match? Is he lighting the match? This is the uh, the the thing with that, and this is what the Lakers are going to fall into because the Lakers will be in the same position. Is teams don't know how to layer their timelines. If you if you layered things a specific way, and LeBron ended up leaving, 
you wouldn't be in as decimated a position as those teams w- would be and what the Lakers will be if LeBron were to leave. Uh, it's it, 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 There's levels to how you GM, and you have to stagger things accordingly so that you don't fall into that sort of pit. I have a quote. Uh, I don't want to go too far, but... um. Uh, it was a follow-up quote actually to the one Gerald was just saying. Uh, and the question was with the trade deadline approaching, do you like the makeup of this roster? Uh, is this good enough to win a championship? Do changes need to be made? LeBron James says, uh, it's not a question for me. I love who we have in the locker room and that's all I worry about. I don't get caught up in that. We're not going to go out. And, we're, or Sorry, we are going to go out and prepare ourselves every single night, no matter what it is. Uh, no matter who's out on this team, no matter what. So it's my job and it's AD's job to, as the two captains to make sure uh, we keep this thing, we keep the main thing the main thing. The main focus now is Thursday's game at home, and we look forward to that matchup. God. So, God damn it, LeBron. What the? This is, LeBron. Th- this is, <laughs> God damn. this is another little breadcrumb. I'm just, I don't know. They, there's little breadcrumbs. I know people think I might be looking into it too much or whatever, but have some tea the, leaves. The the <sighs> the fact that he's saying it's not a question for me means it means I'm to me the way I, I look into that is it's up to it's up to the GM, it's up to management, and whatever they do is how I'm going to dictate how what, how my future goes. That's how I read into that. It's not a question for me. He doesn't. He wants to see how they handle it, and if they don't handle it the way LeBron wants it handled, I think LeBron exits. And we don't know. We don't know how that's gonna go. We don't know till Thursday. But there's a more than one percent chance. That's <laughs> that's not really a prediction. Someone in the comments said that it's not really a prediction. But you're right. So you're going to be like Jim Carrey. So you're telling me there's a chance. But there is a chance. And to me, to me, that is significant because to me, there never was a chance before this year. There never was a chance. I never saw a chance of LeBron leaving this summer or requesting a trade at any point. And to me, there is a chance. The chance is very small, very minimal, but the chance exists when it never did to me prior. So that's where I'm leaving it. I'm sorry, man. These these puns that the crew is the crowd is throwing out is pretty good. <laughs> yes. uh, great job, Buyer. <laughs> yes, Buyer community tonight. The best Lakers chat room that's out there is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win one twenty four to one eighteen. So, John, let me bring it back to you, uh, Lakers corner, and also Clutch Talk. Go ahead and make sure you subscribe today. And I want to give a big shout out to John McCallion, who's uh, back on the airwaves on his YouTube channel right now as a matter of fact but i wanted to go ahead and talk to you john you know you've got to be frustrated you are a big time supporter of d'angelo russell you are seeing him play better than at any point in time or any stretch he's ever played wearing a lakers uniform and possibly in his entire career possibly in his entire career your thoughts my friend on the possibility that he's playing this well and could be leaving here in fact, this it could be his last game as a Los Angeles Laker tonight. Well, I'll tell you what. We're really going to miss his playmaking ability. I'll tell you that much. 
because one thing I've talked about all the time, and when every time I get into D'Angelo Russell, I talk about the biggest important importance that he has to our team. In my opinion, it's not that that you know that third score, which it's pretty important to us, but I think the number one biggest important thing is how he is just an exceptional playmaker, especially out of the pick and roll. And half of the NBA nowadays, it's not X's and O's. It's just a pick and roll, and let's get mismatches, and let's see what happens here. And I love D'Angelo Russell for the for the reason of that, for the reason that I said earlier. Remember when I said that Anthony Davis is not a one A? What I mean by that is saying like Anthony Davis is not the type of guy where He's just gonna get to the low block and say, "Watch out! Give me the ball! Give me the ball!" and let and let me go to work. He he has he has times where he can do that, but that's not what that's not naturally what comes out of him. He is natural, and I don't know Anthony Davis personally, so you know this is kind of maybe a little bit of a wild take, but he is a natural, just laid back and more of a I don't know if lazy is the right word to say, but he's just he doesn't have that fire in him. He doesn't get it going. But as a basketball player, I'll tell you right now, there's nothing more that gets you going as a basketball player than seeing that ball go through the hoop. And sometimes D'Angelo Russell and his playmaking ability, he puts that ball where only Anthony Davis could get it. And sometimes Anthony Davis gets going. Easy easy lobs, easy layups at the rim. Um, oh, He's running the lanes. D'Angelo Russell finds him easy. Uh, another reason why I love D'Angelo Russell is because when he is when he's on ball, he allows LeBron to run the lanes. Go ahead, look at this roster up and down. You will not find another playmaking point guard. Austin Reeves, I would consider him more of a two. He's more of a, a place off the ball than he's his main thing out there is to do is to score. D'Angelo Russell, when he's on the ball, I love it because then that means that we have LeBron James running the lane. And I know LeBron James is 39. I know we spent an hour and like 21 minutes now, dang near just ripping on LeBron James. But truth of the matter is he's still one of the most unstoppable forces coming downhill. And if he's, uh, if we're able to have D'Angelo Russell on ball and allow uh, LeBron to be running downhill, that means that LeBron's going to get a pass and come going to come down court and put some down. And I love it. But if we get rid of D'Angelo Russell, we won't have that. And what are we going to do? We're going to force LeBron James to be on the ball a lot more because, like I said, besides LeBron James and Anthony Davis, we do not have another playmaking guard in this team that's going to be able to not only playmake for themselves, but playmake for others, get others set up, get others going. Perfect example. I talk about Anthony Davis getting easy buckets. You know who else uh, really benefits from D'Angelo Russell? Christian Wood. You know who else benefits from Anthony, uh, D'Angelo Russell a lot? Uh, Rui. Players who just cannot say, hey, yo, give me the ball and let me just go to work and go get a bucket because D'Angelo Russell, what he does is he helps him get easy buckets. And like I said, if we get rid of him, we're just going to drastically miss that. And the only way I think it's worth getting rid of, I mean, I don't think I don't think nothing is worth. I'll, I'll say it again. I'm going to stand on business. I don't think anything is worth doing this season because, again, unless we bring Luka we're not contending, and I'm not looking to be two or three seeds better. I'm looking to contend. So what I'll say is this. I don't want us to do it because I don't think any any of these moves will bring us closer. But if we do do it, it has to be for a playmaking guard who could score and preferably play defense on the other end, a.k.a. Brogdon, DeJounte Murray. And it'll be sad to see DeAndre Russell go. 
Guys, look at this. Look at this right here. I think I've already showed you guys. This is right here. This is from D'Angelo Russell's rookie freaking season with the Lakers, guys. This is when he first came on the Lakers. When he left, I was I was upset. I was like, oh, you know, I really like D'Angelo Russell. You know, ice in my veins or whatnot. But you know what? It is what it is. He, he, he goes. We win a championship. You know, some things happen. When he comes back around to this team, I'm like, oh, might as well pull the jersey back out uh, because I had it from his rookie season. But long story short, if we if we get rid of him, we better bring in somebody who can do exactly what he does for this team, if not more. Well, look on the bright side, if he does get traded on Fanatics, it'll be on clearance by the weekend. <laughs> look at it like that. But uh, Joe, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, I want to hear that dispensary story tonight on the nightcap. I think that would be a great way to go ahead and elaborate that story about your ownership of a dispensary for three months and how that went on tonight's nightcap but be that as it may for those uh, of you who have been paying attention yes it is an interesting story and there's a lot more shock at the fact that i owned a dispensary for three months it was money in, into it i'm not surprised well I, again i thought i was gonna I, I think i might have told you this story a little bit i thought i was gonna be like the kennedys kennedys were bootleggers back in the day when prohibition ended they they were full-fledged legal operation after that but, you know, 100 years later, you know, now it's a different story. And uh, I thought I was, you know, once California legalized it, I thought I'd run right into it. Problem was the environment was just not for me. And I'll, 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 I'll tell you guys the cool story uh, uh, here tonight at 10. That is, of course, Lakers nightcap with Joe Soro, 10 p.m. Pacific. But before we head on out, my friend, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean... Because John and, and people in the chat have mentioned about all these names coming to the Lakers. Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Bruce Brown, DeJounte Murray, you know, Malcolm Brogdon. My math might be a little bit fuzzy, but how many first-round draft picks do the Lakers have? To give? Yeah. right now. One. One. So if all these teams want a first-round draft pick for those players, in the case of Murray, they might want more. And you only have one first round draft pick to go ahead and trade. How do you accomplish all that? And Nick Claxton too. How do you accomplish all those players getting onto the Lakers? You you can't. <laughs> my advice to the Laker regime is to, I just want to make sure because my math was kind of fuzzy. My, I, my 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 advice to the Laker regime, if you're gonna bring somebody in that you think you might need, which is a backup point guard, right? Because Gabe Vincent is a another walking corpse. Uh, from Miami, the the Tyus Jones thing is the one I'm I've been kind of here I've been looking at. Uh, they're gonna wait to see if they can get a first rounder. If it starts to get within that last hour or so, and they know they're not getting it, apparently reports said that they turned down four second round picks from Minnesota. I don't believe that. I think that's a stupid like. At least say two, not four. Like, really? You guys wouldn't have taken four for Tyus Jones? <laughs> so I don't believe that for a second. And I I, I, I kind of went that way, too, because, again, it is Washington. Washington is one of those teams that we've done work with here. So it makes sense because there's already a relationship there. There's already been transactions there, more than one. A Tyus Jones for some second-round picks would be – uh, a transaction that doesn't take away talent from the Lakers and adds without giving up that talent. 
And that's kind of how I think this, this is, that's where I think this is going to go, whether it's him or not. It, I think the Lakers have to go that route because they can't really afford to lose D'Angelo and the pick and something else for a Murray. That, that, that becomes a, a lateral move in my book. And that's, that's just how I feel about it. Uh, you know, I, I remember in 2020, I, I, I was surprised all year how there was never any noise out of that team. I wish they would go back to that. Just no noise. You never heard anything. Nothing out of the locker rooms, nothing. It was just, unfortunately, here we are. But it's good for entertainment, right? We also, we but I will add in 2020, we also had a roster that actually complimented the coach. Now, we don't have a roster that compliments the coach. Ever since that, actually, ever since you that. We don't have a coach that compliments the roster. <laughs> You're right. We don't have a coach that compliments anything. This coach does a compliment coaching. But, but to, to 2020, we had a defensive-minded team, defensive-minded players, a defensive-minded coach. It worked out. We had Anthony Davis playing at an elite level. LeBron James leading the league in assists, 36 years old. Worked out. But uh, literally the following year, the next exact year, guys, they, they're like, okay, cool, we won a championship. Let's go in the total opposite direction, and let's bring on offensive-minded players. And then that's when um, we've seen the, the downhill of this Lakers team. So, yeah, shit's crazy. So- Sorry. So let me ask, let me uh, ask this then, uh, Stone. Let me bring it back to you, my friend. Truly appreciate both you, John, and Joe hanging out with us on the post game, and everybody else out there. But uh, with Vando, his news, and uh, I mentioned on the pregame, but I want to mention it here as well. A midfoot sprain will be reevaluated in three to four weeks. Doesn't mean he's going to be ready in three four weeks. It means he'll be reevaluated in three to four weeks. But it does mean he'll come back this season. Does that change the Lakers' thinking about how far and how much they want to do at the trade deadline this season? I don't really think so. Um, I think the Lakers are probably have their mindset towards what direction they wanted to do, regardless of this trade. And I think uh, we're we're depleted enough on the perimeter defensively that perimeter defense, I think, whether Vando's healthy or not, is a need for us. Uh, because one perimeter defender isn't enough to cover the entire court. So I think, um, yeah, Vando's health to me doesn't dictate the moves the Lakers make because I think they were going to have uh, – the, the the players they wanted were, were going to come regardless, in my opinion. Okay. All right. So what? So you and I and hopefully anybody else that wants to join us here on the panel, uh, and I'll go ahead and make sure the invitations are sent out. Tomorrow, 5 p.m., uh, we're going to be doing our own trade deadline special. And then, of course, our own trade deadline day itself, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Thursday. Jeff Jordan told Joe about uh, 3 p.m. unveiling statue. I'll go ahead and I'll do an unveiling statue podcast for Kobe on Thursday as well. And, of course, the entire pregame, postgame, all over the game when it comes to the ELA and Denver game on Thursday, but when it comes right down stone, uh, you know, without giving away too much, uh, what are you looking to hit up as far as some bullet points for your trade deadline special that you have with me on Tuesday? Yeah. Um, I have, I have a lot of trade scenarios I have, you know, played around with that I think are not necessarily, I'm, I'm not trying to predict the exact trades that'll happen, but I'm just trying to 
put trades out there that I think um, sort of exemplify different directions the Lakers could look at that are somewhat realistic. I don't want to fantasize too much. I want to be realistic here. Uh, I made a list of players that I think are going to be available for trade. Um, not saying they will be traded necessarily, but I think they'll, they'll be available. Um, and just a couple notes I have of what people might want to uh, expect and their expectations might be headed into the trade deadline. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good show. Um, and I I have a lot to say on it. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'll end this with this, Gerald, and I think it's going to make a lot of people not happy, but it is what it is. The Lakers have a better chance of trading LeBron James by Thursday than they do of winning the championship this year. That's that's my hot take. Absolutely. Ooh. Absolutely. The Lakers have no chance of winning a championship this year. Okay. Fair enough. All right. And on that note, uh, John, what have you got cooking at Lakers Corner and also Clutch Talk as well, my friend? Come check me out, man. Got two channels for you guys. Uh, Clutch Talk, which is an NBA talk show uh, talking about all things NBA, dropping two episodes per week. Always do a weekly recap of everything that's going on in the NBA. And then um, that's on YouTube. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Then I also got Lakers Corner, where I get into my strictly Lakers stuff, a little bit more biased, just just talking about my Lakers. Um, do you know? Hop on post game shows, do recaps. Uh, just dropped a video on the import. Actually, just funny enough, we were talking about D'Angelo Russell. I just dropped a video on my channel two days ago about the importance of D'Angelo Russell to this team. Maybe it's gonna be <laughs> irrelevant in a couple of days because he might be traded, but. Nonetheless, check me out, man. Appreciate you guys for having me on post game. Uh, love this, love this platform. It's my favorite Lakers platform all around. Okay, cool, bro. But make sure your homework is done first. Always got to make sure your homework is done first before you watch Joe's Lakers nightcap tonight. Uh, I did want to mention Eduardo. I think is trolling you, Joe. But uh, breaking news: Patrick Beverly has been traded to the Lakers. Uh, your thoughts on that, my friend, on this supposed trade, which we all know is fake, as the Packers. Well, uh, your favorite, case, by the way. Yes, yes, and if that were the case, then this, I'd like to thank everyone for you know allowing me to be on Lakers Fast Break. I will have, I will retire as of tonight, <laughs> and I will ride off into the sunset with, with nothing. <laughs> with nothing. With nothing. That would that would absolutely be no, Len. I think. Would you be yeah. less sad? Huh? Would you be less sad about? No, no, sad. I wouldn't be sad. I'd be. I'd have a lot more time during the day to do. Let 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 more time. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that would just. That's like getting Kwame Brown back. <laughs> well, you know, we've heard Andre Drummond. Coming back to the Lakers. Okay, give me Caruso. I'll take Andre Drummond, though. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I mean, we've heard all these players coming back to the Lakers. You know, you know, in so many of these cases, it worked out so well the first time around. So, yeah, let's get bring him on. Stanley Johnson, man, what does Stanley Johnson? Stone, I kid you not. In the past seventy-two hours since Friday, we've I've heard several people in chats, in our chats, and on Empire Jeff's chats as well. Stanley Johnson, we need to get Stanley Johnson. I'm like the dude's averaging 12 points a game in the G League. Hello, Gerald. Gerald there's Hello? there's like the 45 players that are supposedly heading <laughs> to the Lakers on Thursday. So, uh, hello, we'll, we'll see. 
Yeah, no, goodbye. Goodbye to Stanley Johnson. Okay. No, right. hello. Goodbye. goodbye. Yeah, might as well bring back Tristan Thompson, Tristan Kardashian. There you go, Mr. Steroid user. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All it was right. TRT, not steroids. Honestly, yeah. that is hilarious. He did that for no reason. He was not seeing no time on the court. There, he, he, I was watching completely off court, off it court reasons. Off court purposes. It's got to look good for those, you know, the reality shows. There, Scott. Come on, uh, Isabel. <laughs> that'd be like choosing between drowning and burning to death. <laughs> That's by the way for our audio listeners. Uh, he was given the choice between Westbrook or Pat Bev. So, there you go. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 124 to 118. I do want to thank so much John Costa from Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. Please like and subscribe. He is where What was it then, Eric? I heard it was TRT. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It was a masking agent for one. I think the other wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. That's right. That's true. Sorry. Yeah. If I remember, because I read it on the air, it was one (laughs) was a masking agent and then the other was a. you know, enhancement, but it is, of course, the Lakers fast break. Please follow and subscribe to Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. He is where we were once at a very small, we're still small ourselves, but he was very small. But we can help him get a whole lot bigger if you go ahead and like and subscribe to all the great things that he does. He does some really great work. So please go ahead and help him out today. And he still wants to help us out. And I'm like, dude, get your platform where you need to go and need to be. And then we'll go ahead and make sure, you know. Just, I, love the, I love the banter. I love we're the trying, banter. We're trying to help out each other, man. That's absolutely. Stone Hansen, check him out tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And anybody else who wants to jump on in with their thoughts on the trade deadline, all your mock trades, all your proposed trades, come at us with them. Go Laker Tom crazy on us. We'll, we'll love to hear it. That's the perfect time to go ahead and do it. So you do our NBA trade deadline special. And of course, Joe, right up here, he's right here. He's going to be here at 10 p.m. in about an hour and a half, having a nightcap to top off your evening. I will try to be there as well because I know he, he, <laughs> I don't think he'll do the same things he did last time. Okay. Good night, Isabel. What did we yes. make that night? We did about, I think, $250. At least, I think, on that that stream, yeah. Because they kept egging you on and bribing you into more shots after more shots. after Stone, you got to see this. John, you have to see it. How many shots you took, Joe? I'll tune in. He lost. He drank a whole, not a whole bottle, but he drank like. Three and four? No, you more than. You went into six. I think think it's six. Because you did four initially. That's and crazy. then you got bribed into doing at least two more. You yeah. might have done eight. Might have done remember. seven or eight. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think you did eight. No, three's too three is too little. Eight would make though. sense. It felt good. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I was I was <laughs> I was blitzed, but I, I felt good. Cool, bro. It's gonna, feel, it's gonna feel a lot better after every Lakers game for the rest Watch of the year. Watch the last <laughs> Lakers between now and the actual Lakers nightcap tonight. Watch I've never made money that. drinking alcohol. That was pretty crazy. That's usually pretty dope. It, I ain't gonna lie, Joe. Usually I'm dropping 250 to drink that kind of alcohol. Darren was paying. Uh, Intel Wild was paying. Uh, Eric was paying earlier on the. Yeah, you guys were just awesome. I truly appreciate it, and it does help out the channel a lot. 
Uh, you know, we talked about it on playback. I mean, that's the goal for me is to try as to Empire Jeff. Empire Jeff, that's the goal for him. Uh, FYF Sports Debates, we saw them. They've got 100,000 subscribers. Congratulations to them. That's where we want to go. We go ahead. Subscribers? FYF Sports Debates. He's here wow. from time to time. Yeah, he's on a lot with was Jeff. Earlier, wasn't yeah, he? yeah. Big shout out to him. I mean, when you get to that platform, 100,000 subscribers, uh, you know, you need to give yourself uh, a very good pat on the back for that. Because that's like just... a Bar- the Barry Horowitz one. Yes, the Barry Horowitz one, indeed, absolutely. He's I love it. In fact, he's still even when he wrestles to this day, he still has where like the mark, you know, what on his outfit, he still has where the mark where he gives himself the the pat on the back. But yeah, a hundred thousand subscribers, FYF, and that's obviously where we want to get to go as well. So yeah, truly appreciate you joining us for that. Uh, Edward says, uh, uh, yeah, just it would just be a Joe drinking segment. Uh, yeah, uh, if Magic Man comes back, we do not want him uh, yeah, touching the sauce on that. So just let's, let's just leave it a Joe. Just just leave it a Joe. If that's the case. So yes, once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Empire just said three days between games, so maybe he's going somewhere else first. Uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, good things cost money. Darren, again, thank you for your kind generosity as well. It is truly appreciated, but we'll see what happens tonight. He says he's, you know, game for anything. He'll talk about his uh, three months as a owner of a dispensary. I'd love to hear thoughts on that as well. But yes, it is the Lakers fast break. Join us also tomorrow, Stone Hanson and I, and hopefully a lot more people will join us for NBA trade deadline special right here for Lakers fast break. So for Stone Hanson, John Costa from Lakers Corner and also as well Clutch Talk and Joe Sorrell from LakersBall.com, Simblades and Lakers Nightcap. It's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. Truly appreciate it. I'm going to do the pointy thing now because it's time once again to go ahead and close out another Get back at 10, guys. I got a good show for you. Lakers win 124 to 118. We'll be back at 10 with Lakers Nightcap right here at the Lakers Festival.